The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week on episode 121. And it is a pleasure to not be alone in the studio this week. I'm joined by our friends of the podcast, Evan and Elisa. How's it going, guys? Oh, you guys suck so bad. <laughs> That was worth it, man. And, and the worst thing is, like, I saw myself falling off the cliff with that too. Because as I was introducing you, I see Evan making the "don't talk" signal to Elisa. Ryan's talking to himself. Oh God, that was worth it. Oh, I miss you guys. I missed you too. I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. <laughs> Don't you like see you looking at her? Oh, we're gonna fuck with Ryan again. Oh, look who made it explicit yeah, first. It's not my fault. Yeah. So now you think like the the gates open? You fuck can, yeah! It's there open. You go. Oh, here we go. I'll, I'm happy to have you here live and in the flesh because I've been using your audio so much on past episodes because you actually hosted the podcast one week a long time ago. And whenever we talk about using Twitch and music, which is happening a lot more often because a lot of artists are interested in it. Mm-hmm. I always just kind of steal your audio so I don't have to come up with new content again. And so this is actually like your fifth appearance on the show. I don't know if you know. My wow. lawyer will be in, will be in touch. <laughs> Hire my lawyer. I was about to say. That's you. <laughs> Yay. Well, um, this is like a John Fogarty this, thing. Ryan has to sue himself. That's right. Damn. <laughs> well, Evan, this is like, you've actually been here quite a few times. I come I come to uh, your, your state, your city every year to do my taxes because I've had the same accountant or a tax guy for like 12 years and I'm not trying to mess that up. So I'm always in town and you always convince me to come to this room. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm down. We this can never just like hang out and, you know, spend time together. It's like, that's oh, what tomorrow's for. That's what yeah. tomorrow's for. So Elisa, do you want to tell the listeners why you're here this time around? Cause <sighs> you know, cause look, we got, we got a nice little community around here. We support each other. We try mm-hmm. to make each other's dreams come true. Mm-hmm. We, 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 and, and, I think you got something going on that the listeners are going to want to have your back on this. Sure. Well, let me preface this by asking, when do these episodes typically go out? This is like, go. this is in, by today. What day is it right now as the listener? Are we, are we in the future? Well, are actually, we in the past? it's going up today, which is Sunday. That might go up Monday or Tuesday. Or, or no, sorry. It's going up today. The, the listener might listen to it Monday or Tuesday whenever they get around to it. Gotcha. All right. So by the time you might be listening to this fair listener, um, I will have attempted to defend my doctoral dissertation focusing on... Oh, wow. Thank you. Oh, oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Oh. All right. Jesus Christ, guys. Wrap it up. Okay. Thank you. Um, and it uh, focuses... She hasn't gotten it yet. <laughs> I know, right? I haven't gotten it yet. Um, Applause is for winners. Damn. 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 Sorry, go ahead. Um, it, it focuses on the intersection of uh, gender, music, and video games as seen through rock band and rock smith. You're going to be a doctor of pop culture. That's maybe kind of a... Oh. If all goes well, I hedge. This you is hedge. a thing I do. I hedge any and all possible bets. I don't want to jinx anything. Well, what's going on there psychologically? Do you really think you're like guarding against 
sadness by like saying, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like if, I mean, this is not going to happen, but like if for whatever reason you didn't get your doctorate tomorrow, like you're not going to be like, well, I actually feel okay about it because I was hedging all day yesterday. <laughs> well, like you're still going to feel like crap. So no, you might as well just like be confident in yourself. I, I live by the gin blossoms lyric. <laughs> if you don't expect too much from me, you might not be let down. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's just sort of how I, I just keep, keep the bar nice and low. Look, we all live our lives by Jim Blossom lyrics, like, you're, I mean, obviously, but you should, but look, you're all going to listen to her on this episode, guys, and you're going to, you're going to believe in her. You're going to understand why she's so smart and is definitely going to get this doctorate. I'm, I'm going ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm making the prediction. Now you're going to get this doctorate. Now you should know that other predictions I've made on this show are that Kesha was going to win the Grammy for best pop vocal performance. Did that happen? No, it did not. Oh. I also predicted on this show that Neil Portnow was going to lose his job by the end of the week after he made those women need to step up comments after the Grammys. <gasps> so my predictions kind of suck, but I feel good about this one. This is going to be the one where I turn it around. <laughs> Third even, time's the charm. That's even, right. Even a clock that's broke. That's right. This is going to be me being right twice a day. Our guest this week, we should probably talk about this. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk to Cassandra Kubinski. She's fantastic. Singer, songwriter, actress. She's been in commercials you've seen. She's been in movies you've seen. And she's just awesome. She's performed with John Resnick. She's performed with Billy Joel. And by perform, like she's recorded songs with Why did with you them. lead with Resnick? Also, he's John now? Yes. Huh. Yeah, that's apparently, uh, look. Is it John it's, Cougar it's Resnick? The- <laughs> John Cougar Resnick. <laughs> Um, she's got a new single. <laughs> I think he does go by John Resnick now. That's that's okay, the thing. Sure, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Man, is it? Truth. Is it though? Live your truth. Live your life. It's fine. Right. Well, look it up. Respect Maybe. the journey. Um, she's got a new single out now called "You Never Told Me." It's off her album or her EP, I should say, "Onward," which has already hit the Billboard Heat Seekers chart. So she's doing cool stuff. She's awesome, and I'm, uh, we're looking forward to talking to her in the next segment. Um, but before we do that, we got some entertainment law news this week. Why did you touch me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to play that in a while because we've been doing a lot of artist tips in this first segment. We haven't gotten into some like hard-hitting entertainment law news for musicians. That's what I'm all about. But Armand Asante is back. You know, he delivered. So good. On helium, apparently. <laughs> So I wanted to talk about this story because whenever I can get Evan in the studio, I love to talk about streaming because it gets him so indignant. Hot takes. (laughs) And I know this is going to be one of these stories that gets him indignant. Evan, are you familiar with what's going on uh, with the music? (laughs) To be be clear, (laughs) I don't have a problem with streaming. I think that is the way forward. But I, I do have a problem with the exploitation of the streaming platform by the people who own it. Ooh, this is really... The exploitation of the artist by the streaming platform. Well, if you are troubled by artist exploitation in the streaming world, this is going to be an interesting piece of music. Oh, my God! <laughs> Sorry, I'm breaking your microphone. For those of you who are not watching on the live stream that doesn't exist, uh, Evan just knocked over his microphone in anger at the thought of artist exploitation. You are definitely a friend of the podcast. Then. <laughs> so, do you know what the Music Modernization Act is? I don't. Okay, no worries. That's why we're here. So, streaming, right? Yeah. Pe- mm-hmm. So people get paid. You got you have two groups that get paid. You get the songwriters who are getting paid, and you're getting the recording artists who are getting paid. 
Neither of them are getting paid very much, okay, and that's why you're say. mad. Um, but and, and Sony's getting paid. That's right. Sony's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, it's, uh, I was talking to a um, a music manager the other day who said that all Spotify is is just Ed Sheeran walks in the front door um, every day and just says, "Give me all the money," and he just walks out with like a sack full of cash with a dollar sign on right, it. Yeah, and he's the only one making money off streaming. Yep. So if you were going sort of making a hierarchy of the groups that are getting more screwed or less screwed. Recording artists are getting screwed. Right. Songwriters, Songwriters are getting uber screwed yeah. by the streaming platforms. And one of the reasons why is because the ways that songwriters are paid on streaming services, which are mechanical royalties and performance royalties, both of those royalties are set artificially low by government law. When you know the, the recording artists and the record labels, they get paid by negotiating the rates directly with the labels. The songwriters are stuck with the government cheese rates. 9.125 cents per... Well, that's what it would be if it was a download. Right. When you're talking about... that was a single on a a physical media album. Right. When you're talking about... Right. When you're talking about a download or single on a physical media, it's 9.1 cents. When it's a stream, it's like .000, like something stupid. Something really infinitesimal. Might as well be mining Bitcoin. So, um, and so they've been talking for years about changing the law to make... To make it so that the rate court, the government entity that f- decides what the rates are for streaming, <laughs> rate court. Wow. <laughs> Keep going. I don't remember the rest. This is the content I crave. Rate court. Nobody <laughs> listening to because everybody can I listens be, to this show is under twenty five. They don't know what the hell you're talking. Can about. I be John Larroquette? This is the content <laughs> that I crave. I am Marky Post. Even your Let's dog go. is pissed off at that reference. Email us breakthebusiness at gmail if you have any idea the reference uh, we just or made just there. tweet at me at Evan Lamb Guitar. There you go. Oh, is that your? Is that the new handle now, Evan yeah, Lamb Guitar? Yeah. Oh, and uh, what's your handle while we're here? At Elisa Rockdog. They are both great follows on Twitter. Evan, you know, he doesn't tweet very much, but no. I'm still but, a great follow. But he's still a great follow. I won't follow. clog up your feed, basically. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, that's a promise. <laughs> Look, y- you tell me that if I follow you, you're not going to clog up my feed. That's, I'm sold. And my dog's barking in the background. We're just going to keep going. So, so we were talking about rate courts <laughs> before we got into like and Mel Torme. late yeah. 80s, early 90s television references. Boy, I hope like the the night court people aren't going to come after us for royalties now. So, <laughs> settle it in rate court. So, one of the things they've been talking a lot about is making the or the rate court that sets that mechanical lo- royalty rate make them set it higher How with legislation. Make- okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that they would do that is with what they're proposing now, which is the Music Modernization Act, which would, among other things, require the rate court to use what they're calling a willing buyer, willing seller, willing seller standard when determining mechanical royalties for streaming. So basically the courts have to sort of say, if this were a free market, what would the mechanical royalty rate be? And that's the idea is that it would be higher than what we're doing now. And so songwriters would get paid more under the Music Modernization Act. Here's the catch. Hypothetically scares Mm. me. Hypothetically. Well, I mean... If you're like me and you say, well, why can't there just be a free market negotiation? That's a very good question. <laughs> but unfortunately, we don't live in that world. We live in the Music Modernization Act world, and we'll take what we can get. Yeah. Here's the catch, though. In exchange for... Because you know, the streaming companies, they're just not, they're not just going to pay you higher mechanical royalties without getting something in return. So here's sort of the bargain that the law makes. 
Right now, Spotify and all the streaming companies are getting the crap suit out of them right. because they've been a little lax Shitty. about paying the mechanical royalties for some artists. Because to be fair, it can be hard for Spotify to find some of these artists because you know if you're you know, there's no centralized mechanical royalty database that has everybody on it. Like you have Harry Fox Agency, but that not everybody's on that. Right. And so there are a lot of songwriters, you just can't find them. And so you can't pay them their royalties. I guarantee you they're all on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> somebody um, could clogging somebody... up my feed. Exactly. I won't do that to you. <laughs> At Evan Lamb Guitar. <laughs> so what this so basically what the, the deal that is gonna be made here is we'll pay the higher royalty rates by law, and in exchange what they want to create is a centralized database that all the artists are on and that all the songwriters are on and you add yourself to that database. And if you're not on the database, then you can't sue Spotify if you don't get your royalties. I'm okay with this, but who controls the database? Well, uh-huh. it, it would be, it would be run by like a board of like publishing company people and song. It's got like, it's going to be like representatives. It's going to be like sound exchange kind of. Okay. Hmm. So better. If Sony gets to pick the board, well, there is that issue. There's yeah, some people yeah. who are saying that like the Sony gets to pick too many of the board members, but so the songwriters get paid a little more, and the Spotify's get immunity from lawsuits. Oh no 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 no, long, no, well, no 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 no! Well, no, that's how it works. If you're not in the database and you're not paid, you can't sue. You can sue if you're on the database and they don't pay you. Okay, that's okay. that's the that's deal. Fine. So right, that's and that seems to be a deal that everybody's willing to make. There's a however. They're willing, right. They're willing. Songwriters seem to be saying, okay, we're willing to make that trade if we can get some actual decent mechanical royalties from streaming. You won't. (laughs) But keep trying. But keep trying. But here's the newest, because, I mean, look, and this is actually a situation where this law might actually get passed. I mean, this political climate sucks for a number of reasons, but this party that's currently in power tends to pass a lot of copyright law. Okay. So that's the one yeah. thing they do. Hmm. Um, but sometimes the laws they pass can be a little too nice to big business and not so nice to the little guy songwriter. And there's an interesting article that I read from uh, in Billboard.biz from Henry Gradstein, who is a uh, entertainment lawyer. And I've, I've been very pro Music Modernization Act. I think it's the, you know, anything that's going to get songwriters paid more. And I think there will eventually be services that pop up that will help artists get into the database who might not have these resources. And so it's all going to work out, I hope. But Henry Gradstein in Billboard.biz made an interesting point, which is when we look at the artists, so, so we should talk about how it's structured. So what happens is if somebody's not in the database... And Spotify pays the royalties. The, those unclaimed royalties sit in a black box, and if they, and it's like an interest-bearing account. And after three years, if nobody claims the money, the money is then just evenly distributed amongst all the publishing companies based on their market share. Like they're just trying to, you know, they'll, they'll say, okay, we don't know where this money goes, but you are a big publishing company, so there's a higher percent chance that it belongs to you. So you're going to get more of this mm. black box money. The what Henry Gradstein writes in the article is he's like that model is completely backwards because the kind of artists who have these unclaimed royalties because they're not savvy enough to get into this database, they're not going to be represented by the big publishing right, companies. Exactly. You're paying the wrong people, and and so he, he's like, this is you know that black box thing is just basically a giveaway to the big publishing companies, 
and it's well, they need more money. Yeah, I know. I you know, I know. they're hurt. I try and just they're cut hurting. them a check. You know, like I try. I sign up for like six Spotify accounts because I think Sony needs more money. <laughs> <laughs> you just like you just walk up to like Sony ATV and just like you know put a put a, some money in the jar. Yeah, for sure. Those publishing companies are struggling. And I bought eight Sony TVs just in case. So. And here's where it gets particularly nasty. And honestly, this might be my own privilege talking that I never considered this. But not only is it just sort of backwards in terms of economically, because it's allowing the rich to profit off the poor, but when you look at who the kind of artists are that are more likely to not be savvy enough to have the resources to make sure their stuff's in this database they're building, they tend to skew hip-hop. Yep. They tend to skew, you know, Latin music. Yep. They tend to skew African-American. They tend to skew Hispanic. And so now you're sort of seeing a involuntary exchange of income from certain communities to wealthier communities like publishing companies that tend to skew white. And it's really problematic. I was going to I was going to make some kind of like joke here, but I can't. That's fucked up. <laughs> right. And I mean, you're right. No, I'm, well, I'm and, agreeing with well, you. And, and like, well, I'm I mean, a surprised. Joke. Yeah. Yeah, at least. <laughs> and I'm a little surprised by this because it's not something I considered. That's mm-hmm. my own privilege talking. And when I read this, I mean, I, I still think it's a good law. I mean, granted, I think a true free market would be the best law, but this is still better than what we currently have. But I do think there needs to be some tweaking in the law so that stuff like this doesn't happen. I mean, one thing they could do is instead of taking the black box money and just giving it to the publishing companies in terms of their market share. Like, why can't it go to music education programs, right. you know, particularly in downtrodden communities to try mm-hmm. to help, you know, the the communities out that are less likely to, or how, how about to legal aid organizations that, you know, might actually be in a position to help these artists get the services they need to make sure their stuff gets on the database. But to do that, you'd actually have to have a law that's going to make, you know, little guys and the big businesses happy. And that's a tough balance because if you don't get the big companies on board, they have the... They have the strength and they have the lobbying power to shut the whole bill down. And, you know, that's where we are, unfortunately. I feel like that's where we live. It's just, it's like constant, well, fuck you. Well, no, but fuck you, though, because we have the money. Yeah, but fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep the money. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and this is where we are. And it's something we've talked about on this podcast before, which is the people who speak out on behalf of the big companies, the record labels, the publishing companies, they have lobbying arms that advocate for them, that can get into any congressman or senator's office and plead their case. The people on our side of the transaction, there's the dog again. See, the dog's really upset about all yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dog's just... album drops on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you think it's picking up on the mic? Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, the, but the kind of communities that we're trying to like advocate for on this podcast, they don't have a lobbying arm. They don't have an organization that, you know, gets in the room with the senators and congressmen and espouses the other point of it's, view. It's like art imitating life. Yes, <laughs> basically. And so, I mean, one of the things we talk about on this podcast is that one of the great things about being an independent artist is that your career truly belongs to you. But the flip side of that is that you're a businessman now or a businesswoman now. And now it, your obligation is to advocate for legislation that's good for your business. And this is one of those things where... Listeners, you got to get together. You got to, you know, write the senators, write the Congress people, because this this is ultimately your dollars and your cents that are at stake. And you want to make sure that even though this law is good overall, tweaks still need to be made 
to ensure that the people who are similarly situated to you will ultimately be treated fairly. So you mentioned something about Ed Sheeran walking out of the back of the uh, the office <laughs> with the with the sack with the cartoon dollars. If <laughs> this system, if Spotify, if Sony and Spotify weren't um, giving everybody the monetary finger and robbing them all blind, how much do you think Ed Sheeran would really be walking with? Like, imagine if we were just selling records. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here it is. Like, I'm not it. against the stream. I knew it. I I'm knew not it. against the stream, but imagine how much Ed Sheeran should be making off of his music. Oh, well. If Sony wasn't so fucking greedy. Well, but, well, I mean, this all goes back to the. Imagine where we could be as a music industry if back in 2000, when. If the RIA started, would come on board with some. Right. Sort of when everybody solution, started yeah. saying, hey. We like these MP3 things. We'd like to find a way to legally no, download music. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Go to Sam Goody and buy CDs. <laughs> and then the Virgin Megastore will right. be open forever. Hey, and then everybody started downloading stuff illegally, and the recording music industry crapped out. And and that's and that's why we are where we are today is because the industry failed to adapt to technology, and now Ed Sheeran's the only person who can make money in recorded music. Way to go, Ed. <laughs> Good. He's a very talented he's, individual. He's, you know, he's great. He's just you know. Really, shape really of view, shape of view still sucks, but he's, he's fucking great. Shape of view beat out Kesha for best pop solo performance <laughs> Grammy. There, uh, man, I still am bitter about that. I have a tweet from November when the Grammy nominations were announced, where I was like, "If you're the kind of degenerate that bets on the Grammys, you need to get help." But also, Kesha is a lead pipe lock to win best pop solo performance <laughs> oh, for praying. No. Well, but, like, just think about it. Like, she's you know she's got out of the Doctor Luke thing. The height of the Me Too movement, like you're, I mean, you know, Neil Portnow, <laughs> like every, and then she gave that performance at the Grammys that kind of brought that was the very house good. down. Yeah, you're telling me like all that wasn't set up for her to win the Grammy. Nope, they gave it to do 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 do. I'm not gonna sing another word of that because they'll, yeah, you know, I'll have to pay a lot of money. TLC will sue you. <laughs> oh damn, damn. But I was always very confused about the the Kesha thing in particular because I. I'm not familiar with Dr. Luke, and I thought everybody was talking about Uncle Luke oh. from Two Live Crew. Oh. And I'm like, Uncle Luke seems like a pretty nice guy. I've met him before. He wouldn't do that to Kesha. Like, Uncle Luke's, like, he's down here in Miami. Like, yeah, walk, walk past him on the street. You monster! <laughs> it's like, I don't even know Kesha! <laughs> Sorry, that's like, my tangent. <laughs> Uncle Luke's like, I objectify women, but not like that! Not like that. No, that's that. a different level, dude. <laughs> All right, sorry. All right, <laughs> All right, so, but, I mean, we are where we are now. I think it's, you know, we we, we can't make streaming go away. It, whether we like it or not, no, that's no, where we, and we don't the want industry to. is. That's no. how it needs to be. That's how it's going to be. But we have to, but now we have to structure things in a way that's fair to the people who are making music, particularly the songwriters who are getting royally screwed yeah. by streaming. And but Would you say they're getting royalty screwed? Thank you. Cassandra Kabinsky coming up on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Thanks very much for your support.
Welcome back to the Break the Business podcast. She is a singer-songwriter who has released six albums, recorded music with John Resnick and Billy Joel, performed with the Goo Goo Dolls and 10,000 Maniacs, and whose songs have appeared in Dance Moms, One Life to Live, and in commercials for Amex, Hershey's, and Hasbro. She is also an accomplished actress who has appeared in TV shows such as Spin City and in the feature film Finding Forrester. Her new single, You Never Told Me, off her Billboard charting EP, Onward, is available now and is being featured as part of the Break Your Boundaries initiative this month for Women's Month. Ladies and gentlemen, Cassandra Kubinski is on the Break the Business podcast. Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Ray, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. It is our pleasure. So I promise you we're going to ask a bunch of music questions. That's why you're here. But <laughs> I look at this acting resume of yours, and it would be an injustice for me to not talk about this a little bit. So first question, you were in the 2000 movie Finding Forrester. I love this movie. I have a very terrible and extremely limited Sean Connery from Finding Forrester impression. Do you want to hear it? Oh, my gosh. I mean, of course I do. Okay, here we go. Women will sleep with you if you write a book. <laughs> Women will sleep with you if you write a bad book. And that's it. That's all I can do. <laughs> that's good. That's that's, good, that, that's the extent of the impression. Um, I can't do anything from, like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or James Bond. Just that one line from that one random Sean Connery movie that you were in. Well, if they ever need, you know, a replacement ADR on like an updated, you know, remastered edition of the movie, I, I feel like they're going to call you. That's what I was going for. I was hoping you'd put in a word for me. Uh, so. Yeah, you know, Sean Connery, I met him for like five seconds on that movie because I was in a wardrobe trailer waiting to get a sweater. Uh, and the, the costumer had brought me in there and just left me there. Uh, and then this guy comes in and he goes over into the other side of the trailer and he just starts stripping down because, hello, it's a wardrobe trailer. And I felt very uncomfortable because I was, you know, 15 or 14 or whatever I was. And um, finally, I just kind of like take a glance, like, who is this person? And it's Sean Connery in his uh, tidy whities oh, Like, my. there he is, just changing up into the next costume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, that's my big, my big Sean Connery story. Wow. <laughs> See, well, crap. You already took my next question, which was going to be, uh, can you give us a story from your acting career in which you were the most starstruck? Is it that story? Do you have another one? Because you, you've done a lot of stuff. Man. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think sometimes when I get starstruck, I like I black out, you know, like my I, I don't remember the moment. Uh, and like, I kind of like don't I, I'm not present, which is not something I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But uh, I think. Man, like the most starstruck. Um, I was I was backstage at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York once, and Billy Joel was doing a um, a benefit concert um, that he had invited me to come to. It was like a master class slash concert thing, and so I was there. And then I was I went backstage, and Pink was there, and she introduced herself as Alicia. And uh, I just was like, uh, uh, yeah, so, like, <laughs> nice to meet you, Alicia. You know, like, uh, I was like, so what a missed moment. <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, and so now when you tell that story to your friends, you said, you know, she says, uh, you know, hi, I'm Alicia. Yeah, we, I call her Alicia now. We're, we're on that. Yeah, level. exactly. We're on a first name basis. We're on like not a, a pop moniker basis at all. <laughs> Well, good transition to get us back into music from from the always smooth transition from finding Forrester to one's music career. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but turning to music, you've done a lot of cool stuff in your music career. You make albums, but you also work with brands. You do a lot of really admirable public service kind of work with your music. 
Is it difficult for you to kind of find balance in handling all these different facets of your music career, or do you find that they all sort of feed into each other and work into, in concert with each other? Well, in the, in the best case scenarios, yes, they do work in concert with each other and they feed each other and the contacts uh, and opportunities um, and outcomes of, of sort of individual projects end up enhancing others. But I would say that on a, on a regular basis, it is somewhat difficult only because uh, I have what they call in yoga uh, an energy of viana, which one of my yoga teachers um, defined as all the energy going out in all the directions all at once. And um, <laughs> this is, you know, apparently just sort of like the, the core energy that I, that I am working with in this lifetime. And uh, I do sometimes find that um, working on so many projects and having so many ideas that really fire me up around um, matching music with philanthropy, matching music with brands. And of course, just actually going and being like a baseline singer songwriter. I'm just out playing my music, sharing it with the audiences yeah, managing it and organizing it can sometimes be a challenge. Well, I've heard it. I've heard the argument both ways. I've heard some people come on this show and say, as a musician, you really got to focus on one kind of thing or, or, or a limited set of things in your music career. You don't want to spread yourself out too thin. And then I've heard guests come on and say just the opposite, that you, you, you look for all the opportunities that are out there. And if you can succeed in one area, such as getting sync opportunities, it can create opportunities for you in other areas of your music career. So where do you kind of balance on that? I feel like you're kind of more in the latter group based on your own experience. Yeah, I mean, I think experientially I'm in the latter group, but theoretically, I'd rather be in the in the former group, quite honestly, because I really like I do observe that people who focus more um, specifically, whether that's by choice or just by like, that's their capacity. Like they don't, it doesn't occur to them to do a million things. They're like, this is what I do. I have energy for this area. Or like you said, hey, sync has really started popping. So I'm just going to you know, redirect resources and energy into that area and expand on that. Um, I sometimes wish I could do that. Um, I don't find that I'm hardwired to do it even when I'd like to, like, I'm, I'm always kind of like, that's it. You know, this week I'm going to work on only sync and then performance opportunities come up and voiceovers come up and, uh, opportunities to to travel for women in music come up and I'm like yes 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 you know so <laughs> well, it almost sounds like you get bored if you had to do the same set of things all the time in your music career I just think I haven't actually done it so I don't know if I ever do it I'll let you know <laughs> okay we'll have you back on you know, when, right. when you find some damn focus in your music right, career come exactly. back on let us know what it's like for you <laughs> Seriously. Um, among the things you've told me you've done before is top lining work. I've heard a, this word and this phrase a lot lately from a lot of artists who are doing some cool things in top lining. I think this can be a great opportunity for a lot of musicians out there to explore. For the uninitiated, as I once was very recently, can you tell the listeners a bit about what top lining is and how they can seek out those opportunities for themselves? Yeah, sure. So, um, Top lining comes from, from the idea that there is a top line to a track. So like the track, the music track, AKA the, uh, the chords and the beat and the, you know, music without the lyrics and the melody, that's kind of like what we would define as the track. And then the quote top line would be the melody and the lyrics. So it's kind of funny because I think, you know, for me at least growing up in the majority of my life, 
what we're considering now to be the top line is what I would have considered to be the meat of the song. You know, like that's the song is the melody and the lyrics. You don't have a song if you don't have the melody and the lyrics. But because of um, so much uh, pop and hip hop and um, dance. yeah, I say a lot of it is yeah, da dance. Yep, totally EDM dance. That um, you know, a lot of the those genres are uh, focused on a vibe, you know, a groove, a feeling, and so that melody and the lyrics that are put over it, over the top of the track, um, are what's considered the top line. So a lot of artists or songwriters, if you are not a track producer, like if you're not somebody who sits there with a computer and your all your MIDI instruments and everything all networked and you make cool sounds and you make beats, um, but you're a person who writes melodies and writes lyrics and can, generally speaking, sing them, um, you might be a good top liner for those track producers. Um, and as far as how you go about finding those opportunities, I think a lot of that is just, um, you know, kind of generic networking uh, and the advice that would go along with any networking would apply, which is go out to music events, um, tell people what you're looking for, you know, when you meet people and um, you're exchanging passions and information and experiences, you know, let them know, Hey, like I'm, I'm a top liner. I'm looking to uh, work on projects in X, Y, Z genres. You know, if you know any producers who might be interested in working with some uh, top lining talent, um, I would love to link up with them. And then you just start making things together and, and see, you know, uh, it's like, I hate to use the metaphor, uh, but it really is. It's like dating. You know, you try it out, you do something with somebody and you go, wow, that was really great. I want to do more and you want to do more. Okay, let's do more. Um, yeah, or, or maybe you just write a bunch of different things with a bunch of different people. And guess what? There's still songs um, that you tend to share the rights on uh, as a top liner. Well, that was going to be my next question. Putting my lawyer nerd hat on, how do they usually split out the rights uh, when you're doing a top lining? Was it just that you'd all be co-writers on the composition? Is it is, is the top lining stuff you do just work for hire? Uh, what, what arrangements are usually typical? I mean, my arrangements, I if I'm getting hired like work for hire, um, it's generally been to to write a whole song, like so music lyrics, arrange the production, which might mean hiring out a producer to actually produce the track. Um, I do know that um, it, it, it varies. I would say my advice would be stick to your guns as far as what you feel your contribution was and what it's worth. I mean, it used to be um, that the melody was 50% of the song, the lyrics were 50% of the song, and you know the track maybe figured somewhere in there for a small percentage, but now very much it's like the track is like right off the bat it's at least half so if a track producer is coming in and you're top line you're writing over a fully produced track or a track that that person is going to you know edit and tweak based on your top line but like basically you know they've created the the thing that is kicking it all off so that would be like a baseline 50 percent your melody and lyrics could be the other 50 percent uh but if you're like let's say you have a bunch of people writing on it um it, it starts getting split out even more. And I actually, you know, I've never been in the room with somebody like a, uh, a Ryan Tedder or a Benny Blanco or like a, a really Timbaland um, Pitbull, you know, like somebody who it's like, they just have like slews of writers on their songs. So I'm not actually sure how they split that out. I would, I would be curious about that too. Well, it, it's interesting that you bring out this piece about uh, how it gets split in terms of music and lyrics and top line and everything. Cause 
it's changed the way that I've had to write split sheets for clients because in the old days, split sheet was, you know, music percentage, lyrics percentage. And now this, you know, and, and, and it was exactly what you thought that like, well, isn't like the melody and like kind of the, the thing that I'm putting together, isn't that just the music part? And then the words I write are the lyrics part, but now you have this top line piece and you have, you know, this, you know, a groove or a chord progression or, you know, a beat that gets behind it. And that can be as important to the song as what we're calling the top line here. And so now I'm, I'm adding extra columns to split sheets and now I have to get everybody to agree on what part of each part of the song is relative to the song as a whole. And it, it made a very simple document, a lot more complicated. You know, there's right. a lot of EDM artists. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> well, and, and again, as we said before, you can't seem to keep any kind of focus in your career. You're doing so many different things. And <laughs> along with the top lining stuff, along with the just making awesome albums and EPs, uh, you do a lot of great public service type stuff. You're currently involved with the Break Your Boundaries initiative for Women's Month this month, I believe. So good mm -hmm. timing having you on, um, in which you're lending your new single, You Never Told Me, to support the effort. What's this initiative all about? So this initiative actually stemmed from the song, You Never Told Me. And You Never Told Me, um, it came from, as you mentioned, my EP onward. And um, the song is about recognizing that a lot of the lessons that you were taught or that we were taught um, early on, while they might have been from well-meaning people, well-meaning teachers and parents and, uh, you know, peers and whatnot, they maybe don't actually serve us in terms of getting us to where we want to be, like in terms of our dreams and our visions. And I think for myself, in a lot of ways, when I got really present to it, they were actually kind of limiting uh, what I allowed myself to do. Um, and the the kind of like bombastic vision that I was allowed to have. So You Never Told Me was this song about, you know, you never told me that the rules are made up and that I can make up my own rules and I can live my life by my own rules. You just handed me all these rules and I've been living by them. So um, with that, when we, we made a video for it, which is coming out on the 13th of March, and, um, and I thought to myself, you know, I think that there's something there's a wider conversation here that I have an interest in creating and perpetuating, which is if this is how I'm feeling as an artist, as a woman, as a person, then I'm, I'm very curious if this is something that others uh, are experiencing. And as it turns out, once I started talking to people about it, it really is, you know, we all create these boundaries inside of ourselves. And we also experience boundaries being placed on us externally. Um, and I think this is, you know, definitely something that artists, creative people, um, and women deal with very especially. Um, yeah. And I looked around the culture and I said, this is a, we're in a moment where, um, there is a pretty expansive conversation happening amongst women as far as, uh, I mean, a lot of things, but certainly where have we been limited and where do we need to transcend those limitations? And um, it all just made sense. So we we built out this concept of break your boundaries and we have a launch event in New York City that will also serve as a launch for the video, You Never Told Me, on the 13th. And then we have an event later in the month, which is partnered with Women in Music and with Guitar Center, both of whom, both brands, were very excited about this idea and this conversation and they wanted to help to expand it well kudos to those folks who are wanting to get involved and be a part of this movement along with you that's really really exciting and obviously your song 
uh, is going to play an important role in you know what you're trying to do here with you know, women's rights and everything. But selfishly for me, this kind of sounds like a theme song for our podcast too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, maybe it is. It's yeah. just, you know, it's certainly like that's, I, I think that's one of the reasons I'm so excited to be um, here and having this conversation with you and to have met you is that, you know, no matter how many times you hear it and uh, how many times I hear it as an independent artist, I think sometimes there's like still this idea that, somebody is going to ride it on a white horse and just like make it all happen and, you know, (laughs) make you, make you a star or like something, something along those lines. And truly to, to stay in the conversation, which is we are responsible for creating our own success. We are empowered. We are allowed to create the vision of what that looks like. And we are allowed to share that with others. And we are allowed to accept their help and their support in manifesting it even if it looks like nothing else like it doesn't have to look like uh you know whoever you your role models are your story is not going to end up looking like their story but i think sometimes we expect that it should Ooh, that is some fabulous buildup. all right now <laughs> the people are curious let's go ahead and play this this is you never told me off of cassandra kubinski's new ep onward here on the break the business podcast This is how I learned to follow, 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 follow. Yeah, you taught me how to stay good, how to stay safe, how to stay tame. A surprise, it's all a game. And you never told me that the rules are made up and the world is run by the ones who made them. You never told me, you never told me.
off of her new EP, Onward, that was You Never Told Me by Cassandra Kavinsky here on the Break the Business podcast. Cassandra, thank you so much for letting us play that. That was fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for playing it. Oh, very much our pleasure. And when that video gets done, please send it over to us because I want to share that with the community as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the drop is on uh, March 13th. So um, definitely, you know, I'll send it to you guys and people can link up with us on, on YouTube to be able to, to see it when it comes out. Oh, so excited. And as if you weren't already giving enough and as if you didn't already consider service of you know, man and womankind, uh, a big enough part of what you do. You you do more stuff. You're also involved um, a lot with the autism community, which is really fantastic. Uh, can you just tell the listeners a, a little bit about the efforts you're doing there, J- just so they can know how awesome you are? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Jeez, I'm gonna. I'm, my, I'm just gonna have the biggest head the rest of the day. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, with the autism world, um, I have a friend who has two sons on the autism spectrum, and a few years ago, she asked if I would write a song that could basically serve as a you know, an anthem that they could sing together at their walks and at their events. And um, my, I had an aunt who is uh, passed away, but she was considered mentally retarded. And and I noticed, I felt like there was a similarity um, in the way that uh, autistic people sometimes are perceived and treated in our society and the way that my aunt Linda had been, you know, considered in our society. And um and she was just this unbelievably remarkable, wonderful, creative, cool person. But you wouldn't know that if you were intimidated by the fact that she didn't quite communicate the way you did necessarily. So um, I was inspired to kind of, you know, by the whole situation. And I felt like it was a bit of like paying a tribute to her. And I wrote this song called Not So Different, which uh, long story, I'm going to try to condense this. Um, it received a lot of community support. We crowdfunded a music video. Um, the national nonprofit Autism Speaks helped us to launch it in 2014. And then a few years later, a producer in upstate New York named Armin Petrie um, reached out about recutting the song and re-releasing the song with his friends, the Goo Goo Dolls and 10,000 Maniacs. And um, so that ended up happening, which was you know, incredible dream come true situation to get to work with those bands. And, um, we did recut and release the song and then we did a big, um, launch concert, which raised $25,000 for an autism group in upstate New York. So that's been a few highlights of the not so different story so far. Wow. All right. Listeners, Here's the thing about Cassandra, like we have barely scratched the surface of all the things that are just so awesome with what she's doing in her career, right? She was in a Super Bowl commercial, you know, she's made a bunch of albums, she's she's worked with Billy Joel, like they're, they're the time limitations of this podcast do not allow us to just go into detail and all these awesome things. So I implore you, go to her website, CassandraKubinski.com, C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-A-K-U-B-I-N-S-K-I.com, just so you can just... So you can just like go down the rabbit hole that is her fantastic <laughs> music career. Cassandra, before we let you go, and I, I, I'm already excited for your answer to this question because you're bringing so much experience to the table for it. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Yeah, I do. I, I, I mean, my the biggest advice and, and the advice that I, that I give and that I also say because I need to remind myself as an artist is that we may perceive that we're working alone and we may even need some times where we, you know, toil 
solo, um, you know, Henry David Thoreau or whoever we are out on Walden Pond in the middle of the woods, you know, and like making our art. And I respect that process. Um, and I think that it's really important that we reach out to each other, um, not just for support and help, but to offer support and help and to create the conversations around our music that we want to create. Um, and the reason for that is that all of anything I've done that's been even remotely successful or exciting has truly been inside of a community. And, you know, I certainly, while I'm an independent artist in the sense that I'm not signed um, yet, that might happen, but um, it's, it's all in creating the conversation for what we wanted, whether it was, hey, we want to make a difference in the autism world with this song, or, you know, I like to uh, be playing and speaking at more colleges. Like, if you don't go out into the world and say that, like, make it real in language and in speaking, there's, it's, not a very good likelihood that it'll happen. So I highly recommend that you go be with other humans and invite them into your world to, to hear what they want to create, hear what, what their dreams are and what their visions are and see where you can contribute. Um, and you start creating this, uh, back and forth, this wheel of synergy that will truly, I know this is like sort of cliche, but it really does lift us all up and create a spiral of upward energy. Um, that you don't have to manage or think about, like you will be amazed by uh, what comes into your circle when you just start genuinely sharing yourself and your music. As we often say on this podcast, highfalutin as it sounds, and it's going to sound really highfalutin, just because you are independent does not mean you are alone. You have to reach out to that community around you. Cassandra, wonderful advice please don't be a stranger. We have so much about you and to talk about. You have so much insight to share with us. We'd love to have you on again real soon. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Check her out at CassandraKubinski.com. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to Cassandra Kubinski for joining us in the previous segment. Be sure to check out her new EP, Onward, and just find out about all the awesome stuff that she's got going on by visiting www.cassandrakubinski, that's K-U-B-I-N-S-K-I.com. I'm glad we could give you all the Finding Forrester talk that you so richly desire. Cassandra. Cassandra. Also, Wayne's World references. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, our, our audience skews young, and so far we've given them Night, Night Court, Court and Finding Forrester, and Wayne's, and Wayne's World. World. Yeah, we're we're really hitting the demos here. Three for three. You can rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the Business podcast if you're just so interested in our dated dinosauric references. Oh, that was a good show, Dinosaurs. Remember that? <laughs> Not oh. the mama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you just wow, we're elderly. We're old, man. How did that? Let me just say that. So <laughs> this happened to me, and it just made me really upset. So. Uh, Women Crush Music, who's been an awesome uh, partner on this podcast, they their their mission is so awesome. They're empowering women in music; it's fantastic. They have branches all over the country, including one in Miami. And I went to their uh, Miami showcase. They had an event at Sweat Records. Hey, um, I went to Sweat Shout Records. Shout out to Lolo. Yeah, is she still there? 
hope so. Uh, I went to Sweat Records all the time in college for WVUM stuff, and I loved it. And there was always great music going on there. They had that you know nice little stage or whatever, and I always felt like I was supposed to be there. I came to this Women Crush music event with all these college students, and I just felt like everyone's dad. <laughs> I don't know not how their, that happened. Not their dad, but they're like older stepbrother who like they don't want to hang out. Like, why has like, he got to come along? You are you are the Josh to their share. Clueless reference. No, I just I thought for sure like somebody was going to come up to me like, oh, which one's yours? <laughs> oh, no. Nope, 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 like, nope. I'm so proud of my little one. Old enough to have an 18-year-old. It's like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, wish she wouldn't wear those, you know, those revealing clothes up on that stage, but I'm supportive of my little girl. You know, yeah, it's, uh, uh, boy. you know, it's just, I don't know how, because I'm, yeah, you, you are correct when you say I am not that much older than them. There's only a 10-year age difference, but like something happens, and I think it happens around 28, where it's just like a switch goes off, and then you walk into Sweat Records, and you're the dad, and that's what happened to me. So I mean, anyway. you're definitely old yeah. at 30, which is a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not you. You're cool all the time, Evan. Well, I've like, always been cool that's all the time. I, that's I, I work with someone who's in their mid-20s, and he's I a, feel myself desiccating he's by a to- the hour. It's, it's, a, it's a toddler. Mid-20s in the CrossFit. Backwards cap. Oh, they're still young mm. enough that they're taking care of themselves. Yeah, just give they, up, dude. They haven't given up God yet. God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have their whole long life ahead of them until they hit 28 and then it's all gone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what I mean from all of that is to say you should rate, review, and subscribe to the Break the <laughs> Business Podcast <laughs> on our four platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um Still the those, good Stitcher, huh? Yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're gonna Damn. We're, we get our one download a week from our one Stitcher fan, and we just can't let him Is go. Is it you just checking your stats? Or you're like, oh, somebody visited your page. That's you right now. Shut up. Oh wait, does that count on your statistics? Then yeah, I'm the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh. um, those rates and reviews, those subscriptions, they really help. They move us up in whatever weird ass algorithms those platforms have, and you know, so we appreciate you helping us out. You can reach out to the Break the Business podcast at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. if you have any show questions you want to ask to answer on the air if you have any topics you want us to talk about if you just want to criticize our dated ass references that's where you go break the business at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at ryan k-a-i-r where can they follow you guys again i am at elisa rockdoc that is e-l-i-s-a-r-o-c-k-d-o-c and i'm at evan lamb guitar i used to be at the big tasty and I believe if you followed the big tasty, you automatically follow at Evan Lamb Guitar. Oh, did you? You just change the, uh, yep. the handle? No, Elisa changed it for me. Yes, no. I don't know how Twitter works. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, you can also like us at Facebook.com/slash Break the Business. You can check out the book Break the Business: Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. It's on ebook, yeah, audio audiobook audio and book. paperback. That's where you can find it. Yeah. Wow. I, I really like the audiobook. I like I like hearing you uh I can't make a joke. I really liked hearing your passion. Um um I'm reading that book. Actually. Well reading your own book. You know, it's weird. I don't know if it's just that this you know, maybe this generation just you know, literacy is down or whatever. But that's probably that's the case. that's the audiobook is moving the needle a lot yeah. more than paperback and ebook. People People don't get sick of hearing me talk every damn week and they want to have, 
No, you know, me look, read the chapters. Hey, hey, who's got time to sit and read something? Yeah. I drive like yeah. an yeah. hour and a half to work, you know, every day. So, well, we I appreciate you guys reading or listening or getting the information, however you get it. And uh, last request I have before we get back into the craziness here is for this podcast, the best way to kind of promote what we're doing that's worked better than anything else is just tell a friend. If there's another musician in your life that's that you think would benefit from this or you just think that you know, people might find um, our Night Court references interesting, hmm. just tell them what we're doing. And you know, your older stepbrother who's that's right. at the show. <laughs> who feels out of place at Sweat Records. <laughs> um, one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you two here is as I said in the first segment, you guys, uh, f- God, it's been like a year and a half. You hosted an episode of the podcast about a year and a half ago in which you talked about the great stuff you guys do as musicians on Twitch. You guys are musicians, by the way, in case people didn't know that. A little bit. And, and since you've done that episode, I've gotten a lot of interest from people about wanting to hear more about how to be successful on Twitch. A lot more musicians are using it now than even a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been sort of clipping your audio from that and using it in subsequent episodes to talk more about it. And now I'm excited to have you guys here because I imagine there's been a lot of changes in how musicians use Twitch since we had you on back in November of 2016. And now we get you to kind of talk about it. I'm excited. Yeah. So so since then, um, one cool thing that got announced was the affiliate program for Twitch. And this is actually a pretty easy program to become a part of. And here are the rules. I have them all pulled up. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So if you make We're yourself... We're actually informed at least, this at least, week. At least it doesn't work for Twitch. We should just put that no, out No, no, no. I don't, I don't work for Twitch, but she I work with... on Twitch. I, I work Never. on Twitch and work with Twitch often. Um, and basically, here are the rules. So you create a Twitch channel. If you stream for eight hours in the last 30 days, if you stream on seven different days in the last 30 days... If you reach an average of three viewers per stream, so gather, gather, <laughs> gather your fans around. Um, and if you grow your audience to 50 followers, if you meet all of those criteria all together, then you become eligible to become an affiliate. And what that means is... Hey, what does that get you? So that gets you the ability for people to cheer for you using the Twitch currency called Bits. And it also gives people the capability to subscribe to you almost sort of like a Patreon. And you get uh, different tiers of subscription. You get, I believe, a... What is it? Like a $4.99? There's a $4.99, a $9.99, and a $24.99. And a, and a $24.99. Like month, per month thing, which is something you have to have to renew every month if you want to renew it. Yeah. And... Um, and Twitch for an affiliate, I think Twitch takes half of that or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, they, they take mm-hmm. a sizable yeah, chunk. Yeah. But it's, it's a 50-50 split. But it's it's a nice way for people to be able to support the content that you produce. Yeah. So we've we've been doing this for... We It hasn't even been a year. And we've already made over... We have 15 subscribers currently right now. Oh, and cool. Which is super cool. <laughs> 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 we currently have 15 subscribers for some reason i fully i fully believe that it is solely on the back of our cat robert we've set up a cat shout out camera to slow hand shout out to matt al shout out to uh takedown yep this name's lame gorgonzola gangbang yeah. i remember a lot of the uh the big handles. skippy no <laughs> wonder bread no you don't show no. up in my twitch chat no. you don't know no. you don't no. know the, you don't know who the real people are yeah so 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 shout out to all the folks uh, that are that that are faithful uh, nope nope nation citizens, uh, and um, I'm sure they're listening. So 
<laughs> well, we'll, we'll, gonna, we'll talk about uh, it on, man, the, on our Facebook. promote this on social, too. You know what oh, this is. Well, then welcome. Uh, what was the name? Gorgonzola, <laughs> Gorgonzola Gorgon Gangbangs. It's <laughs> consistently my favorite Twitch <laughs> handle. Gorg- so so what uh, university is he a tenured professor at? Did you say? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so anyway. It's Chancellor of- <laughs> Emeritus Gorgonzola Gangbang. <laughs> So all of these folks are actually contributing on a monthly basis to our content, which is which is huge and awesome. And then people have the opportunity to cheer using the Twitch currency, um, which I, which I think is only really like a penny at a time, but it's something, and it, and it's a really cool way for you to kind of express like, hey, I really like that song you did. Just you know, check a penny in the guitar case. Um, we still have our links to our PayPal, of course, if somebody wants to throw in an actual tip tip, I guess, as a one-off, but it's so relatively easy to gain affiliate status um, that I think even, and of course, I want to kind of hedge, but I do know of a person who reached affiliate status through a combination of live streams, but also using video uploads. Oh. And having those count as a stream as well. So if you've already created videos and are just establishing yourself on Twitch, it's entirely possible that you can use that content and potentially have that count towards your affiliate status. And it's a cool new feature to use anyway. Um, They actually implemented a new feature where you can upload a video and you can set a premiere time for it so that people get notified when a premiere is starting and it's basically you can kind of watch this new content along with your audience, quote unquote, live. So it's a really cool way to kind of debut any new content that you have. If and maybe you can just be like YouTube. right along in the chat. You're like, yeah. did you guys see that thing I did? What? <laughs> Which is pretty much how I talk on the stream all the time. <laughs> so that's uh, twitch.tv. And I've been pretty impressed to see how different musicians have used the platform because much how there's in the new music industry, there's many different ways to kind of make a buck now, or in the case of streaming point zero, 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 six bucks. Um, there are many different ways that musicians can use Twitch and, um, we, you know, we can talk about the way that some of the other artists who have been on this show use it, but I'm curious, like for the listeners who don't know, what would they find on your Twitch channel? So we, are in Rocksmith 2014. That is a game where you can plug in a real guitar, real bass, and learn music. And one of our songs, uh, one of uh, it's a, it is a Crimson song called "Don't Stop." Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and that's <laughs> you, got, you got a you got a song in Rocksmith. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. We always talk about how how cool it is to get sync opportunities. And yeah, know, we so, we yeah. have a song. Actually, actually, we technically we have a song in two video games now. Oh, <laughs> sorry. There you go. Um, that one's free. We could, we could, you could plug that. Can you? Plug yeah, that? yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, I mean, full full disclosure. I do work for this company, which is how I was able to weasel the song in there. Um, but if you are familiar with a game called Desert Bus, we released a VR version of Desert Bus. Um, it is available on Steam, and it is basically a game where you drive a bus from I think what is it Tucson to Vegas and back. So it's a it's a full sixteen hour trip, and I think around hour six or eight, if you listen to the radio long enough, our song will pop up. Very nice. <laughs> but um, is, it, is it the same song "Don't Stop" yep. by your band Crimson? Yeah, of oh. course. And, and 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 I feel like it's a very very inspirational song if you're driving a bus for a significant <laughs> amount of time. Now now that song. Um, we we have that featured in Rocksmith, and I have a really good relationship with the folks at Ubisoft San Francisco. And so 
whenever they can, they will send me that week's downloadable content and whatever songs it is that they're featuring that week. And those songs usually release on Tuesday. We get it a day early and we preview it on Twitch. So people get the first look of what uh, of what songs are going to be available that week. They get, the first, they get the first look at the songs available. We turn the difficulty all the way up to hard, 100. to like mastery, to 100%. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then we force ourselves to sight read it. We sight read it blind. Which is cool. It's a lot of fun. Most of the time we've heard the song before. Um, some, sometimes it's through the fire and the flames by Dragon sometimes Force. It's Dragon Force, <laughs> and I've, sweet I, Jesus, I, I sight read the shit out of that song. You did really well, and I skipped all the tapping parts. I did pretty well. On That's base. a really fun VOD to check out. Though. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, watch Evan curse for seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's pretty great because then we have an opportunity to show off the song and then actually talk about. Oh, this is actually a really cool inclusion in this game for XYZ reason. Yeah, they just put out a bunch of Lady Gaga stuff and the company got shit for it because oh it's Rocksmith and This isn't Pop this Smith. Isn't Pop this Smith. Is I'm like, hey, one, there's Brian May on this track, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Two, if you want to be a musician and if if you're only doing your own original music, I support that hundred percent. But if you wanna um like I, I enjoy a great deal being a sideman in other people's bands. I used to run my. I used to be in my own band. I really like being a sideman now, and um, you need to be kind of versatile um, to do that. So it's it's helpful for me to know like what what does a Lady Gaga guitar part look like when it's not played by Brian May because the Brian May one sounds like Brian May. Right, <laughs> it's amazing. You know? So I, Brian I, May's like I ain't changing for shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he crushed that song too. Oh, I'm but, sure. But yeah. uh, it, it, it's really interesting for me to to force myself on a weekly basis live to dig into songs that I might not even ever be into. I've discovered bands through this game, too, which is yeah, really totally. interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah. Bands like Trivium and Volbeat and Royal Blood. And, and those are awesome bands. And we may not have heard them if if not, you know, if we weren't forced Discovery to play their songs. Discovery is hard. <laughs> So you guys do music, um, you know, with this Rocksmith game. So that's Monday night. Which that, actually makes Monday. a lot of sense because, I mean, when Twitch started, it was a platform for streaming video games, and yep. then you musicians sort of took it over. <laughs> but um, but you, you guys do more than that, as you were suggesting. Yes. W- so so what, what else happens on your streaming channel? Um, on, Tuesday, on Tuesdays, basically this was kind of um, both an effort to create new content so that we could potentially reach affiliate status, but also because... It was kind of a one-off where people, you know, sometimes I would sing along to songs or Evan would sing along to songs that we were playing on Rocksmith and people said, man, I wish that you could just do like just a campfire night where you just did covers. And then we said, sure. <laughs> so so on Tuesday nights. I got nights, mics. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So then on Tuesday nights, we basically have campfire nights. Um, they're called campfire nights. Sometimes they're called songs from the ass. Because nights. we're pulling it out of our <laughs> Because if you, if you throw us a song in the Twitch chat and we know it even a little bit-ish, we will try to pull it out of our asses. Yeah. <laughs> At the very least, maybe we'll get you a verse and a chorus and, and hopefully Sometimes it's good. Sometimes. We also have a list of songs that we're very good at. Oh, good. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. And actually, uh, for anybody that's interested in potentially doing this, um, the site that we use is streamersonglist.com. Mm-hmm. And basically, you can basically put in your own book of songs that you know, and then folks can basically just have a nice little list of, of what songs people can potentially request. And I believe there is an actual request feature in it so that you can submit a request for songs that people know. I love that. Yeah. That's... 
Um, that's really cool. And so where can people find your channel? Yes. So it is twitch.tv slash Elisa Rock Doc. Um, I'm nothing if not brand consistent. That's all it is. Well, oh, and, so you want to, and now you're finally getting the PhD. So hey! your name caught up to it. Real fast so. though. If you want tips for streamers, yeah, do it. Yeah. Rapid music fire, or do streamer it. in general, do it, do consistency it, do it. Be okay. consistent. is the only tip that I could give to anybody. If I had to give one tip, um, the, the best streamers in the world, the so the most successful streamers in the world, uh, video game or music or otherwise, do it at the same time, at the same day of the week. Yep, all the time, and their fans show up for that. We have people, you know, when 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 we go live on Twitch, I get a notification saying, "Oh, Elisa Rock Doc's channel just went live," which is fine, and then I know I can go to that thing. We stream it at nine. 9 p.m. Yeah, 9 Eastern. p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. It's weird because we live central, so we yeah. have to think about it. Yeah. Um, we go live We're at, somewhere in the middle We there. go live at 8 o'clock central Monday and Tuesday night, and there's usually already people in the chat waiting for us. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they're already tuned yeah. into their show, mm-hmm. and that's a really good feeling. Whether we're doing yeah. the campfire stuff or Rocksmith yeah. or not, just to like perform in front of people mm-hmm. in any yeah. capacity. It's great. It's great. And if so. and if you're hurting for material, you know, maybe maybe pick up a music game, or maybe you can even start playing a game that you like, and then slowly incorporating music into it. In fact, we ran into, um, because we were showing off a Trivium music pack on Rocksmith, and someone mentioned, hey, the guitar player and lead singer's on Twitch. And I said, really? So I followed him, and he is very consistent with doing basically guitar and vocal warm-ups every day. And he just streams those on Twitch. So things that you would already be doing songwriting sessions um when the band has full rehearsals to go on tour he streams that too um so he basically has a pretty consistent schedule sometimes he does brazilian jiu-jitsu and just has a camera on him while he's doing his martial arts stuff um so he does all sorts of stuff and it's a really cool way to let people into maybe even not the most polished parts of you um because people are interested in, in in the craft of it all Oh, that's exactly right. It do, in fact, it doesn't have to be polished. And when it isn't, that's sometimes better. I am constantly amazed by the really cool creative ways that I see musicians using Twitch. You talked about songwriting. Uh, someone we've had on this podcast uh, uh, several times who I am a big fan of what she does with her career, Mary Amber, has really done some cool stuff on Twitch lately. I think she's streaming every day on the channel now. And one of the things that she does is she does her songwriting on Twitch and even lets her fans and her listeners like pitch lyric ideas to her. She'd be like, oh, I need something that rhymes with, you know, watermelon here or whatever. And and it makes it a collaborative process. And not only is it content, but it's tribe building. You Mm. you get, it gets the fans interested. It it helps make them feel like they're part of the process and part of the growth of it. And that's, it's really cool to see. I can't think of anything that rhymes with watermelon. (laughs) Is that, I was wondering, like, is you, you you had like a, a a diarrhea face over there, like you're just like, pensive, <laughs> just pensive, Ryan. God, <laughs> and that's what <laughs> think of something that now. God, now that I think of it, Jesus, uh, come on, Ryan, think. Um, yeah, wow, and I just picked like a you picked the worst word. Uh, yeah, even was, orange rhymes with door hinge. Damn, <laughs> sure does. There you go. Damn. Um, but don't tweet at me with things that rhyme with water. Oh, no, you know what's gonna happen. Tweet at Elisa with the Oh, oh come tweet, on. Tweet at, at Elisa Rock Doc. What rhymes with watermelon? Guys, they really are great follows. Uh, <laughs> at Elisa Rock Doc. At Evan Lamb Guitar. Yep. Nailed it. All right. And of course, I'm at Ryan K-A-I-R, but you all know that and you probably don't care anymore. Um, a lot of great follows to be had there. Um, 
Again, before we depart for this week, this has been fun. It's Yay. it's nice to have people in the missed studio. Missed you, buddy. Thank you. Aww, missed you guys, too. Missed you, too. And before we go, I just want one more time for us to just, as a community, just to wish you, Elisa, good luck. Aww. You're going to crush your dissertation tomorrow. We're going to live stream. We're going to try and live yes, stream it. Yes, we are going to try to live stream Twitch. it on Twitch. No way. Okay. Okay. All right. So g- give them the time. Give them the details <laughs> because there are going to be people who download this before because people listen to this on their monday to All work right, cool. where can they find your dissertation because it's going to be a good dissertation if you're into pop <laughs> culture and video games you're going to be interested in this. specifically music games as well so it is quite relevant all right um so we are going to attempt of course i haven't necessarily gotten the okay from the committee yet. <laughs> i'm uh, okay so we're Nobody either going to live stream it no or, or we're going <laughs> to record it and and premiere it Yes. So so either way, we'll show up on on the Twitch channel eventually. Um, but it will if if we do end up having a live stream on twitch.tv slash Elisa Rockdoc, it will happen at 2 p.m. Eastern. Monday, 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 March 5th. M- Monday, I March haven't forgot 5th. how microphones work there. I <laughs> forgot how dates work, too. I was... <laughs> Monday, March 5th, which okay. could be tomorrow. It could also be today. Yeah. It could have been yesterday. You missed it. It's okay. And in true Mary Amber Twitch style, uh, in the middle of it, if Elisa forgets a word, she'll just uh, ask all the yeah. listeners yeah. <laughs> what to, yeah, what to say here. Blank. And um, because the committee answers or asks their questions first and then opens it up to the audience, it is entirely possible that I may be fielding dissertation I may be, defense I may be fielding questions, questions from, from Gorgonzola Gang Bang. <laughs> and nothing would give me... Th- so no. much pleasure as being able to say, yes, a Gorgonzola Gang Bang brings up an excellent point. Um <laughs> That would be so good. And slow hands in. We've already heard from the department chair. So uh, now we have a question from Professor Gangbang who wants to (laughs) weigh on an important question of intersectionality. (laughs) And happy dude. Happy dude 420. Happy Happy dude dude 420. Well, thank you guys both for being here this week. Our thanks to Cassandra Kubinski for, I'm sorry that you had to be on an episode with such craziness, but she's super cool about it. She's probably digging this. Um, again, best of luck tomorrow, Lisa. You're going to crush it. And thank all of you for listening to the Break the Business podcast. We will see you next week. Burr.